Amen. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I was so moved back here as we were baptizing our kids and just, just to see the beauty of, of what God does as we say yes to Him. I want you to say the word supernatural. Yeah, you know what's supernatural is to love God with all of your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. You know, we respond to God's love and then because of that, we are able to love our neighbor as much as God loves them. And in fact, that's what we're commanded to do. But we don't just get a great idea and then suddenly be able to do that. There's something supernatural that has to happen. There's something that's greater than just our efforts that has to happen, or we are not capable of entering into that. And that's what we're going to talk about today in baptism. And I'm going to move through a decent amount of scripture today, but I want the scriptures to really speak for themselves because this is so integral, this is so foundational for everything that we're entering into that may we, may we not miss it. So uh, we're going to jump in right here with John chapter 3. And I'm in the New King James Version if you want to follow along in your Bible, but I'm going to show it all to you up here as well. So the first thing is you have to be born again to see the kingdom of heaven. And this is a story where Christ is, is uh, when Christ was walking and a, and a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, this man came to Jesus by night and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher and you've come from God for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and he said to him, most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Jesus is saying, you can't even see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. You can't even see it. Nicodemus says to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Don't marvel that I say to you that you have to be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. And so is everyone who is born of the spirit. He's saying, Nicodemus, don't marvel at the fact that you have to be born again. You're thinking like a mere human. You're thinking like somebody who's not actually born yet. You can hear the wind going by, but you can't see it. You don't know where it's coming from. And that's what it's like right now with the kingdom. You're hearing about it, but you can't see it unless you're born again. We cannot see it and we cannot enter it unless we're born again. We can hear things about it, but we can't see it and we can't enter into it. Nicodemus answers and he says to him, well, how can these things be? And Jesus answers and he says to him, are you the teacher of Israel and you don't know, what the, and you don't know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify to what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. I'm telling you about things that I've seen, Nicodemus. I've come from the kingdom of heaven, and I'm telling you about the kingdom of heaven, but you're not receiving it, are you? You're not listening to me. And he says, I've told you earthly things, and you don't believe. How will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. So he's telling Nicodemus, I'm the son of man, I've seen these things, and if you want to see the things that I've seen, you're going to have to be born again. And the way that you're going to get born again is that you're going to be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. You guys tracking? All right. He goes on, he says, as Moses was lifted up 
I'm sorry, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man will be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Here's the most famous one that we all know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So he's saying, you're going to believe in Christ, and you're going to be baptized. Are you guys seeing this? In order to be born again, you've got to believe in Christ, and you need to be baptized so that you can even see the kingdom of heaven. He who believes in him is not condemned. Well, that's good news. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Now this is a sticking point for many of us uh, because we, how often do we hear, how would a loving God condemn anyone? How could a loving God condemn anyone? And it's amazing because what we do is we actually say, I'm more loving than God and I condemn him for condemning others. Isn't that an interesting place we put ourselves? But Jesus is saying this, this is the condemnation of rejecting me, that God in me is making his love absolutely crystal clear of the kind of God that he is. When you look at who I am and what I've done and how I've redeemed anyone who will believe in me, then you are no longer guiltless, but you are actually rejecting me. I'm not rejecting you. And at that point, you condemn yourself because you've rejected Christ who came and brought absolute proof of the Father's heart and of the access of reconciliation back to him. So you see, God doesn't condemn anyone, but we condemn ourselves when presented with the gospel. It's interesting because Christ has come and proved the love of our good dad, it's now on us to make a decision. We have to be ruthless and decisive in searching the motives of our heart. We all have different hurts. We all have different things that we don't yet understand. But what we're going to find is oftentimes those arguments that we have, those things that make us go, I don't know if I'm ready to really be all in on this Christian thing. I don't know if I'm ready to be all in on this organized religion thing. I'm not sure if I want to be all in on the idea that, that God has a certain way that he's called us to live and that I'm supposed to accept Jesus and his teachings because I have this thing where I was hurt or I have this hip hypocrite that drives me crazy or this injustice that, that, I've, that I've seen. And so we see those things and we're trying to process through that and we say, so I'm, I'm just not ready yet. I'm just not sure yet yet. And, and here's the thing. Jesus is saying, listen, I understand your pain. In fact, Jesus of all people understands your pain. He actually lived the life that you were supposed to live, died the death that you were supposed to die, and rose again to redeem us back. He has been through pain. He has been through injustice. He has been burned by his best friends. He's been misunderstood by the religious community. He has been ostracized. He has been made fun of by his own family. His own family didn't believe he was the Christ. Remember, they came and they said, Jesus, if you're really the Christ, do this and this and this, because people that's how people should do it if you're really the Christ. So he understands. He understands our pain. But he's saying here in this scripture, he's saying, listen, I'm the light of the world, and I've come into the world. And you now are faced, every one of us, to make a decision in light 
of me. And see, we have, to, we have to realize this. The Bible says that the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? The Bible also says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. What does that mean? It means that we can deceive ourselves, and in fact, we do deceive ourselves. Until we're born again, we are capable and masterful at deceiving ourselves to say, these are my problems with the church. I'm a spiritual person, I just don't know if I really believe in one God. I'm a spiritual person, I just don't know if I believe in organized religion. We have a lot of different things. But Jesus is saying, I'm going to to bring the light. I'm demonstrating to you what truth and true love looks like. It's me, Jesus Christ living the life that we all should have lived. Totally loving, totally humble, totally obedient, totally holy, totally kind, and totally died because of the sins of the world from Adam until now, so that we could be reconciled. And he goes, this is the proof of the reality that the Father has a right to ask you, what will you choose? Will you choose the mercy that I'm extending or will you choose to try to be your own savior? Will you choose to lower the standard down to your current level of understanding and practice and say that it's good enough, which is to reject Christ? Or will you choose me? You see, this scripture, it it causes us to be willing to be exposed in the light. Jesus is saying, I'm the light of the world. No one comes to the Father but by me. You have to expose yourself to the light and it exposes the motivations of our hearts. And the motivations of our hearts are not all pure. There's good stuff in there, but there's also sin in there. And until we allow that to come into the light of Christ and make a decision, it will remain. And until we do make that decision, we are not born again, nor can we see the kingdom of heaven with clarity. So this is the point of decision for us. What will we choose? Will we let the light of Christ shine in our hearts and expose the motives of our hearts and expose the areas where we're either saying, I'm good enough to be my own savior and I can earn it through my own holiness and actions and pretty good life, or we're on the other side and saying, you know what, God's just a God of love, there are no standards, he's pretty cool, and so basically there are no rules, so my current level of living is good enough for him. Either way, you and I, when we do that, are saying, I'm my own savior, I don't need him to save me, I'm good enough, and God needs to just, that needs to be good enough for him, or else he's not loving. And so in that point, when we really look at the bottom line of that, we're judging God and saying, I will decide what's right and holy, and I'll tell you whether it's right and holy, and then I'll choose you based on whether or not you like to do it my way. And behind those carefully crafted arguments and those, and those nurtured wounds, and they're very real, but behind those wounds is hiding the place where we still have yet to, like Nicodemus, we're deciding, what will I do now? Will I bring my deeds and my life into the light or will I continue in the place that I've been? Because until I make that decision, I am not born again and I cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Verse 20, for everyone practicing evil hates the light and doesn't come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth, say, does the truth, Isn't that an interesting phrase? It doesn't say he who knows about the truth. It says he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. You see, this this call to be born again is more than just words, but it's a lifestyle that flows out of the finished work of the cross as we begin to realize it in our habits and actions. Righteousness is good habits. Are you guys with me? 
All right, let's keep going here. Now, this is another story. So Jesus just told Nicodemus, you've got to be born again if you're even going to see the kingdom of heaven. And I've told you about who I am and how it works. And so now you've got to make a decision. And that's the same word to us today. Jesus Christ came and showed the heart of a loving God, the reconciliation available through the righteous life, death, and resurrection of Christ. There is proof that God is good, and we are to make a decision based on that proof. It is no longer on God to prove it to us. He's already proved it to us. We're not waiting for more information. We need to make a decision with the information we have. Today is the day of decision. The Bible says, as long as it is today, do not harden your heart. Today. Today is the day that God says, I have shown my love. Will you respond to it? So, in Acts here, this is a beautiful story. As things are starting to happen, the Holy Spirit's been poured out. God has given the great commission. And here's this story. An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. He says, arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert. So he arose and he went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace and the queen of the Ethiopians, I'm sorry, Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury, and he'd come to Jerusalem to worship, and he was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. And then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake his chariot. So Philip ran up to him, and he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah, and he said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, well, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. And the place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away, and who will declare his generation? For his life was taken from him. It's, this is an interesting place because Philip says to the eunuch, do you understand? I mean, I, just say that. Say that word. Do you understand? Say it again. Do I understand? You see, Philip comes up and he's saying, do you understand what's being presented to you right now? God doesn't, God doesn't call us to account on what we don't know. He calls us to account on what we know. So in order for us to be saved, the first thing that we have to have, in order to become a follower of Christ, to be even born again, is we have to understand the gospel, to understand that good news. Do I understand? Do you understand what you're reading? And so then we as followers, we're the witnesses, like I'm doing to you right now. We witness, and listen to this. The eunuch answered, Philip, I ask of you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or some other man? And then Philip opened his mouth. <laughs> and then Philip opened his mouth. That's a good word right there. That's a selah. We need to remember to open our mouth and tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ. It's vital. It's really important. Okay, I'll move on. And at the beginning of the scripture, at the beginning of this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. <clears throat> now, as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, see, here's some water. What hinders me from being baptized? You see, once the eunuch understood it, he said, so Philip says, do you understand? And he says, how can I unless you tell me? So he says, here's what it is. It's Jesus. So he tells him about Jesus, which I just did this morning. And the eunuch says, This is fantastic news. And he says, what hinders me then from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. If you believe with all of your heart, do you understand? Yes, I understand. Good. And then the man says, since I understand, which by the way, because he understood, he had a follow-up question. I want to be baptized. 
You just said I need to be born again. I need to believe and be baptized. I want to be baptized. What would hinder me from that? And Philip says, do you believe with all of your heart? Then you may. Do you believe with all of your heart? Yes. Then you may be baptized. Then you may. You may. And so the question for us then is to say, number one, do I understand the gospel? And as of right now, you do. You actually understand the gospel. You understand it. You have a good dad. You were separated through sin. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have all fallen short. We all have a sin nature. And unless God rescues it from us, it will kill us. We all have good things that we do, but we also have very wicked things that we do. And we can't get free. We just keep staying stuck until we get rescued. And Jesus is the one who did it. Do you understand? Then what hinders you? from being baptized? And here's the answer. Do you believe with all of your heart? There's a question for us. At one point in the scriptures, uh, the, the apostle is speaking to, 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 uh, to those and he says, you believe in God? Good, so do the demons and they tremble. But are you bearing fruit in line with repentance? Do you believe with all of your heart? Are you engaging in the teachings of Christ? Do you understand? then what hinders you? Believe with all of your heart. And so he does. And it's beautiful. So he answers and he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And so he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down in the water and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. What a beautiful story. What a beautiful story. Do you understand? Then what would hinder me? from being baptized, I believe with all of my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So these are good things. These are great things. These are fantastic things. We're saved because someone else paid the way so that we could be saved. We're redeemed because someone else redeemed us. Everything that we've received, we've received free because someone else paid for the gift. How many of you know when somebody gives you a free gift, it's free to you, but not to them, right? It's like they paid for it. They, they, how many of you have tried to re-gift? It's weird. People look down upon that for some reason. It just feels less awesome. God is not a re-gifter. He paid for it. He paid for it, and it's free to you. And so we go, wow, I didn't do anything, and now suddenly I'm in Christ, and I'm the righteousness of Christ. This is amazing. It must be like... I mean, if I was already sinning before he got there and he loved me and he died while I was yet a sinner, then I guess he doesn't really care about that stuff. So it's fine if I just still hold on to a few of my favorite sins and get rid of most of the really naughty ones. Okay? So this is what in Romans the, the, the author is talking about. He says, well, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. Say certainly not. You are absolutely right. Let's not continue in sin and be like, because grace is abounding all the more. Look how good God is. I'm glorifying him in this hot mess of a life. <laughs> now, all of you appreciate it, don't you? Don't you love that? No, you do not. Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus, we were baptized into his death? 
You see, when we're baptized, we are baptized into the death of Christ. That water represents the grave. You are dying to being the Lord of your life. You are dying to sin. You are dying to selfishness. You are dying to being the master of your own life. You are no longer an independent contractor. You're no longer an orphan. You are born again. You die when you go into that, and you come out a new creation. You are now a son or a daughter of, 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 the, of the Father, and you're Jesus' little brother or little sister now, and you're part of this family, and you're dead to that stuff. Something shifted. Old things have passed away. New things have come. He says, therefore, we, verse 4 here, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. See, we're walking into something new. You're a new creation. you got a new thing you do. You don't do the old thing. He saved you out of the old thing. The fact that he saved you when you were doing the old thing speaks of how much he loves you, not how little he thinks about sin. See, many of us, we think, you know, the bottom line is when we see the severity of what God was willing to do to himself to rescue us, he certainly did not lower the standard of, of righteousness. Jesus didn't, he, you got to think about this. Jesus signed up to have the bones, I'm sorry, the, the skin and the muscles and the sinews torn from his back because of you and I's horrible behavior. You see, the devil had a list of things that we have all done wrong and somebody had to pay for them or God is not righteous and just. And God said, I don't want to lose my kids and you're absolutely right. All of these people deserve to be judged. Somebody has to pay for this or there isn't really justice. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take your payment. I'm gonna take your penalty. I'm gonna redeem you. I'm gonna pay your debts. Somebody has to pay the debts. I'm gonna do it. So that way I'm not lowering the standard to where we don't have to love our neighbor anymore. All y'all have not loved your neighbor at some point and not loved God at some point. And I'm paying for that because I'm not lowering the standard. Do you guys see this? This is a huge deal. He didn't just wink at sin and be like, you know what, honestly, it's just a lot of rules. I was, I was in a weird mood that day, and I really, really love you, and I'm sorry. I, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Love's going to cover it. No, no, no. That's not how it works. The way that love covers it is love gets in front of you when the whip is coming down and takes it, and the flesh gets torn out of his back instead of yours. The nails go into his wrists instead of yours. He is broken so that you're not. He is broken so that you and I are healed. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what holiness and righteousness cost. That's why we have to be baptized. We have to die to that nonsense that makes us want to say, you know what, I'm just going to lower the standard. God obviously did because he, he saved me and it cost me nothing. So he must not really care about that stuff because if I gave a gift like that, I wouldn't pay that much for it. So he probably didn't, but that's just running through the old mindset. You have not yet understood the kingdom of God. You can't even see it yet because you're not born again. Are you with me? But once you're born again, then suddenly, you, once, you, once you see and understand what Christ did, then you go, okay, based on that evidence, I have to make a decision now. Do I believe this? And if I believe this, then I'm compelled to either accept him or reject him, at which point I will either die with Christ and be raised a new creation who now understands these things on a whole new level, or I will reject Christ and bring condemnation upon myself, by the way. Upon myself. He's not rejecting me. I'm rejecting him. You guys see that? 
Okay, so I think we're here. So we're buried with him through baptism into death. That's what baptism means. Baptism is beautiful when you come out, not when you go in. It's death. It's a real death. You are dying. You are giving him the keys to your life and saying, you're driving. You're not my co-pilot. I'm the co-pilot. God is not your co-pilot. He's the pilot. Let's keep going. For we have been united together in the likeness of his death. Certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him and that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Say, I am no longer a slave to sin. That is exactly right. Why? Because you died with Christ and your old nature has died. Now, are you capable of sinning? Yes. Adam and Eve didn't have a sin nature. But they were capable of sinning. Why? Because I have to be able to choose between options or I can't really choose love. If I can't choose to reject you, then I can't choose to love you. And we, God has maintained that for us. So even as believers, it says, little ones do not sin, but if you do sin, confess your sins one to another and I will forgive you. So do not sin, I didn't lower the standard, but if you do sin, I'll forgive you, but here's what it cost. I died. I died, so it doesn't lower it. You see what I'm saying? It's not a pass. It's not the sloppiness. Bonhoeffer calls it cheap grace. It's not cheap grace. It's the most costly of all grace, and we count ourselves loved when we receive it. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. And likewise, we also reckon ourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are dead to sin now. We were baptized into his death and raised with him through the Holy Spirit. He was resurrected, we are resurrected. It's more than just getting wet. And therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body that you would obey it in its lusts. We live in a, in a day and an age where you're supposed to trust your own heart. Disney says, follow your heart. The Bible says, do not trust your heart. It's deceitful above all things. Okay? This world says, what is your biggest impulse right now? That's the true you. Do it with vigor. This says, whoa. Therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body that you would obey it in its lusts. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. Jason preached a beautiful message about that. Don't present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness for God. You're a beautiful song of holiness unto the Lord. Every member playing notes of righteousness. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under law, but under grace? Certainly not. Say certainly not. <laughs> no, certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. You see, when we're baptized, now we've become slaves of righteousness. How many of you like that word, slaves? Raise your hand. I also prickle at the word slaves. But God makes zero apology. As he says, you died with Christ, and you are no longer a slave to sin. 
You are now a slave to righteousness. How many of you who have been born again feel awesome when you're done sinning? Exactly. You're not a slave to sin anymore. You're a slave to righteousness. And every time you sin, you go, ah, nuts. You do. The Spirit of God goes, son. And he looks at you and the light shines and you go, my deeds are evil. <laughs> Those are dirty and it's wrong and my motives were wrong and I knew it and I did it and I, God, I, I got I to gotta go you do first, John. I got to confess my sins one to another. I need to be, I need to repent. I'm a slave to righteousness, guys. I can't help it. Every time I sin, I run back to righteousness. The devil would want to tell you that because you sin occasionally, it just proves you're still a slave of sin. That's just a trick. If that were true, you wouldn't feel that anymore. You would just keep sinning more and more and more and bigger and better. You're not a slave to sin. You are a slave to righteousness. When you're baptized, you're born again as a new creation. And you're just not that good at sinning anymore. You're always screwing it up by repenting and being righteous again. You keep doing it less and less and less and less. It's ruined. I'm sorry. You can't go back to it. I'm not sorry. But God be thanked that through, that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart. There's that word again. Do you believe in your heart Jesus is the Lord? You obeyed from your heart the form of doctrine to which you were delivered and having been set free from sin, you became, say it. All right, say it with conviction. You are your slaves of righteousness. Apparently the Lord's not speaking to you because some of you are like, I ain't saying it. All right. <laughs> Perhaps I digress. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. This is what we're baptized into. We are no longer calling the shots. Jesus Christ is calling the shots. Mark 16, the Great Commission. And Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Romans 10 says this, but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So my question today is, do you understand? Then what will you choose? And if you are here today, and maybe you're hearing, you've heard the gospel many times, but today you're realizing, oh, I actually understand the gospel. And my arguments are hiding something that I don't want to bring into the light. I'm not, sure if I want, I'm not sure if I want that to be seen. And I don't know if I want to be held accountable for what's really going on in my life. I like being the Lord of my life. I like defining how things are and aren't. I want to stay in this place, but today the light is shining. 
in the gospel, Jesus Christ is saying, I gave everything for you. Will you respond back to me? Will you choose me back? Because I've made a way. Or will you reject my dad? Will you reject my father? And I would that every one of us would say, yes, God, I choose you. I believe with all of my heart. And I want to die with Christ because I do deserve to die. I have sinned and fallen short of your glory. I have been selfish. I have justified my life. I might be better than the guy down the street, but I am not better than Jesus. Being better than the guy next door doesn't make me holy and worthy to enter in. It doesn't deal with the sin issue. Many of you here are, honestly, you're more moral than the believers that are here. And you haven't even decided to follow Jesus yet. But here's the thing. That doesn't fix your sin issue. You might be able to control your behavior, but that doesn't reconcile you to God. Only Jesus can do that. And so it's actually your, your attempt to be Jesus in your own life that's your sin. So you're saying, I can do this without God. I don't need his standards. I'm a standard unto myself. But you're not God. You need a savior. For many of us, you feel so broken and so stuck, you're not sure what to do. And the good news is, that's more my story. And I can tell you firsthand, Jesus Christ is everything that he says he is. Come on into the kingdom. The water's fine. So we're going to baptize some believers today who have said, I understand. I believe with all of my heart. And today, I want to be baptized. I want to be buried with Christ. And I want to be born again as a new creation without a sin nature, a slave of righteousness, a son of God, a daughter of God. Today. So if you're here today and you weren't planning on getting baptized, but you're realizing that you actually haven't ever believed <laughs> what we just talked about today and you're saying, today's my day. I say, today is your day. We've got extra towels. We'll send you home with one to keep your seat wet. I mean, from getting too wet. <laughs> you didn't bring the right clothes. Who cares? Who cares? Today. Today is the day. The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. The word of faith which we pre preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord and believe in your heart, in Jesus Christ, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Worship team, you're gonna come up here. Um, we're gonna transition. I want us to stand. We're gonna worship the Lord for one song while I go put shorts on. I want to thank him for what he's done. But Red heard a prayer this morning as we were praying. And by the way, you're always invited from 9.30 until 10.15 every Sunday morning until we go to two services in the fall to come and pray. It's a powerful time. And the Lord, or the Lord spoke to Pastor Red this morning. This morning is a morning of dedication. There are people today that, that are going to be renewed in their faith. And if that's you today, I want you to come. I want you to come. It's not, it's, you only need to be baptized once, but there's nothing in the Bible that says you can't do it twice. So if today 
You're just saying, you know what? This has been me. I, I have been sinning all the more so that grace would abound. I've been stuck. I don't remember where I am. I, I got wet one time, but I forgot to believe in my heart that I'm not the Lord anymore. That he is. And if that's you, I want you to just come. I want you to just come. And if you're here today and you're saying, I must have this Jesus. I must have this Jesus. Then come and get baptized and be saved. So it's open to all of you. And, um, and I'm asking that, uh, that as people are coming out of the baptismal, I want you to just come bless the business out of them. I want you to release he prayers, encouragements, hugs. I want everybody to go home wet. <laughs> Father, I pray right now that you would be glorified. As we now go and witness those who have chosen today that, 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 that they are dying. They're dying to themselves and they're being born again. Lord, come, Holy Spirit, and fill everyone in this house. And for those, Lord, that it, today is the day. Today is the day. Today is the day. Holy Spirit, I pray that you just bring the angels and bring the encouragement and bring the fire and bring the love so that, that, that everyone here, that today is their day. They won't leave having missed this opportunity. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, be glorified. Amen. Amen.